illegal participation on the defense. 15-yard penalty from the previous spot remains first down. This had better be a big play after all of that. Second down and eight, four and a half to go in the half, six nothing Beavers. Jonathan from the right half from the zone 25, goes back to throw and throws the out, and it's caught, and it's going to be a big play! Chad Johnson down the left sideline, nobody will catch Chad, and it's a touchdown 75 yards for the Beavers! This is the moment, and right here will tell perhaps all about that. Third and one and a half from the right half. Simon's in the handoff, can't cut to the left, first down and more, 30, 25, 20, Simonton on his way, Ken into the end zone, touchdown Beavers, and the streak is going to end here tonight. The snap on target to Wojtnik, he gets a much better punt away here, Sammy Strotter back to his 30 yard line, starts up the middle, gets to the 40, he's got a seam, 45 midfield, 45, 40, he's got a chance to go, 20, 15, 10, 5, Welcome to Illegal Participation, the official podcast of the Heiner Tailgater. Recording this while firmly ensconced at the Heiner Tailgater headquarters, I'm your host, head chef, planner, and chief bottle washer, Bill Heine Heinrich. Joining me, as always, from the Heinrich Tailgater Northern Command Outpost, the lead driver, and director of thermodynamic lipid immersion, my co-host and brother, the Beach. How the heck are you doing, Beach? I'm doing all right tonight, Billy. How are you? Oh, uh, you know, I'm still. My voice is still recovering from the last couple of weeks, so I'm, I'm a little from, eh, from, still a little hoarse from, from the games or the smoke. Uh, well, I think it's mainly from the games. We had um, a promo at Suds and Suds, which tends to hammer my voice. Yeah, because you're always screaming to holler out whatever. Give, give, give out stuff. tickets yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, so voice is still a little hammered. Bought better than it was yesterday, though. So yeah, I haven't. Uh, usually, I hammer my voice during a couple of football games, just because you know how much I I give to the oh, game. Yes, yes, yes. You you leave it I'm all there. in the stands. I, I really do. I I like to think I've impacted at least one or two uh, plays just by myself. I'm sure, you have. So, because nobody else screams when the other team is receiving a punt, but I do. <laughs> so that's right. Anyway, <laughs> um, so anyway, but uh, so far my voice has been holding up so far this year. Well, the purpose of illegal participation is for us to spread our inside experiences and passion for the Oregon State Beavers with others, and just generally talk football, beaver sports, tailgating, and have some fun along the way. Today, Beach, we have a little mm-hmm. bit of listener feedback. We will, oh, I love listener feedback. Yes, we're going to have a little Beaver Sports news. Okay. No update from Eugene this week because, well, Eugene blows. Blows dogs for quarters, man. <laughs> it does. <laughs> we're going to go under further review for week number three in the Pac-12. We do have a Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week award to hand out. 
We're going to have a preview of the upcoming week four games in the pack, and then we're going to talk the Stanford game week with the Stanford Heinrich Tailgater. And then in our Tailgating 101 section, really has nothing to do with tailgating, we're going to talk, you know how I like to do my top seven lists, Beach. I have uh-huh. a top seven list of the best things Oregon State has given to the world, in my opinion. Okay. We'll talk about that when we get there. I can think. I can think of like two or three on top in my head. Well, Beach, I want to remind everyone you can listen to us on your iPhone or Android device on their Stitcher radio app, and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. That is correct. We are back on iTunes, Beach. That's awesome. I got to be all clear from Apple last week. I had to email back and forth, and it was just a big mess. But we're back on iTunes, so you can subscribe to us there. Remember, you can also email us, HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Just search for at HeinrichTailgator, and also check out the Heinrich Tailgator Facebook page. All right, Beej, first up, we have a little listener feedback. Oh, do tell. Is this from Duck Fan? No. Uh... No, it's not. Okay. It's not from, I can't remember what that guy's name was. What was it, like DuckFan98 or something? Yeah, well, he wasn't a fan Duck very Fan long. 08 or something like that? Probably yeah. just went, I think it was 07. Like, 07 seems to stick out in my really head. they really started cheating, that's when he became a fan. All right, Beach. so um, this is actually from Greg, listener Greg. Okay. Who, uh, I, think I, I think I know yes, Greg. I know Greg. And he said, you probably got this message too, Saturday the 26th is the first swim meet for OSU. Orange Black Inner Squad at Osborne starts at 11 a.m. Just in case you want to talk about something other than soccer. Sweet, anything but soccer. Yeah. So now you can talk about a little bit of uh, of uh, swimming. So there you go. You know, if they swam in bikinis, it would be much more entertaining. Eggs. They don't do bikinis. They don't do bikini swimming yet, no, do they? Yet. You know, this is a shame because, you know, here they do like volleyball and beach volleyball. Yeah. You know, they should do regular swimming and bikini swimming. There you go. Yeah, I think, uh, I think the swim team is missing out on a huge opportunity mm-hmm. here. You could have, like, you could put that in a huge stadium and, and people would show up. Mm-hmm. They would pay top dollar for front row Probably. seats. Probably. Yeah, missing out on a great opportunity there. Oregon State, always short-sighted, always trying to ignore the women. <laughs> All right, Beach. Let's move on to a little sex bastards. All of them. Let's move on to a little Beaver sports news. First up, women's volleyball. I love women's volleyball, Billy. It's my favorite sport. All right, Beach. After falling in the first two sets, the Oregon State volleyball team rallied to win the third set, but were unable to complete the comeback as the Beavers fell to the UC Irvine Anteaters three to one on Friday night. Then on Saturday, the Beavers were down by the Long Beach State 49ers three to nothing. Now, the Oregon State volleyball team is now 2-8 overall and returns to action on Thursday, September 24th for its first matchup of conference play as well as its first home match of the season as the Beavers are set to host the Oregon Ducks at Gill Coliseum. The match is slated to begin at 7 p.m. and will be televised by the Pac-12 networks. Hmm. Well, hopefully, you know, I remember the years of Pettibone where he could keep his job if he lost all the games as long as he won Civil War. Yeah, it's going to be a tall, <laughs> tall order there in uh, in um, soccer there, Beach. I mean, in uh, volleyball. Beach. In volleyball? Yeah. think yeah, so. Their, their volleyball team's pretty good. That Liz Brenner's pretty impressive for Oregon. So. All right, Beach, next up is women's soccer. All right. 
All righty then. It's soccer. All right. The Oregon State women's soccer team battled hard for the full 90 minutes but was unable to overcome an early goal by number 8 BYU Thursday evening as the Cougars took a 1-0 win in Provo, Utah. The loss is the first for the Beavs this season. Then the Beavs outshot San Diego 20-4 to but could not score a, te- a goal as the teams battled to a 0-0 draw Sunday afternoon in San Diego, California. The Beavers placed a dozen shots during the match on goal, but all 12 efforts were saved. The ladies are now 4-1-3 and three overall and open Pac-12 play on Saturday on the road against USC. Let's play to a tie. I know. I hate that too, Beach. I hate that too. It's not a sport if you play to a tie. All right, Beach. I don't know. What is, what is it called when you play to a tie? A draw. I, I, it's it's just kissing your sister. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, Beach. Next up is men's soccer. The number six Oregon State men's soccer team placed seven shots on goal, but was unable to get on the scoreboard as the Beavers fell to Portland one to nothing last Thursday evening at Merlot Field in Portland, Oregon. The loss is the first this season for the Beavers as the record moves to five one and zero overall. The Beavers will turn to action Tuesday when they head to Spokane, Washington, for a match against Gonzaga. Hmm. So, there you go. All right. All right, Peach. And last up, a um, little bit of football news. For those of you that don't know, on the Pac-12 networks for the last couple of years, this will be the third season of it, um, they've had a series on called The Drive where they take two different squads in the Pac-12 and follow them through the season. They have a camera crew there at all times, recording practices, recording stuff during the games, before the games, after the games, everything about it. It's called The Drive. Um, I believe the first year they followed Cal and Arizona State. Last year, I believe they followed UCLA. And I don't remember what the second team is. This year, Beej, it's Oregon State and Utah. Really? So that premieres Wednesday night. The first episode is tomorrow. I believe it's 6.30 or 7 on the Pac-12 network. So I've already set my DVR to record it. And uh, so we'll have something to... To, to watch every week and see how the season unfolds. It'll just be interesting to see how it goes. Kind of see a lot of the behind-the-stuff, behind-the-scenes stuff. And it'll be interesting with a new uh, coaching staff that we really don't know a lot about. It'll, it'll be interesting to see what it kind of shows about them. Totally. So, anyways, set your DVRs now. <laughs> All right, Pete. Not now. Not, 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 not now. now. Well, but listen to the yeah. show now. No, because you're listening to, yeah, you're listening to the show. Don't, don't set them now. Wait <laughs> After the show. Definitely after exactly. the show. All right, Beach. Uh, it's time to go under further review for week number three in the Pac-12. After further review, the runner did cross the line. The Touchdown. You know, I didn't pay, you know, as usual, again, I work so much, I didn't get to watch any other games other than the Beaver game. So this will be interesting for me. Other than I heard about the Stanford-USC yes. game. So. All right, Beach. First up was uh, the well, there was one game on Friday night. It was New Mexico. Oh, man, I got to get our picks out here. It was New Mexico at Arizona State. I was going to say. Okay, hold on. Okay. There we go. I haven't, I haven't scored these up yet. I forgot. Okay, so up next, first up was New Mexico at Arizona State. Do you remember who you took? You're, you're such a you're such a slacker, yeah, Billy. I, um, I took Arizona State. Actually, all three of us did. You, me, and Kyle. I hate you, Kyle. 
All three of us took Arizona State, and Arizona State quarterback Mike Bercovici threw for three touchdowns and ran for another, and the Southern Devils overcame a sluggish start to beat New Mexico 34-10 on Friday night. Bercovici had touchdown passes of 14, 33, and 93 yards and ran eight yards for another touchdown for the Sun Devils. The 93-yard play to Demario Richard matched the third longest pass in Arizona State history. Richard also rushed for 104 yards, and his 151 yards receiving on four catches is a school record for a running back. That's awesome. Yeah, so we all got a point on that one, Beach. All right, I'm writing these down here. Was that the only Friday night game this week, Friday night game. Okay, catching up here to what we got going. So next up, Beach, all the rest of the games were on Saturday the 19th. First up was Georgia State. At Oregon. Um, and I believe because points are more important than our hopes and dreams, mm-hmm. we all picked Oregon. Yes, we did. And one other thing too, Beach, I think last week I said that Georgia State was a FCS team, a football championship subdivision team, uh, kind of like Portland State. That is not true. They mm-hmm. actually are an FBS yeah. team. So they haven't been in the FBS okay. very long and haven't had a program for very long. But they are an FBS team. Okay. Yes, we all did take Oregon. And uh, Oregon quarterback Jeff Lockie made his first career start for the number 12 Oregon, a winning one, as he threw for 228 yards and two TDs in a 61-28 victory over Georgia State on Saturday. Now, running back Royce Freeman ran for 101 yards and a touchdown for the Ducks, who rebounded from last weekend's loss at Michigan State. Now, Aiden Schneider added four field goals all in the first half, as Oregon built a 33-7 lead. Now, Lockie replaced Vernon Adams Jr., who was resting with a broken index finger on his throwing hand. Adam said this week that the finger bothered him late in the Ducks' loss to the Spartans last week. How long does it take a finger to heal? It depends, Beach. It really depends. I mean, I thought, I think it was smart that they rested him. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, if, if you're, you don't really need him on – you hope you don't need him on a, on a game like, uh, like this. Exactly. So exactly. it's uh, interesting, though, to hear that they had uh, as many field goals as they did. It just means that uh, Georgia's defense did, or Georgia State's defense did a fairly good job of of uh, ending their yeah, drive. At least early. At least early. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Beach. So we all got to win there. Next up was. Yeah, I guess not, not, not late with that, but uh, yeah. Next. Well, you know, the one thing, too, that Oregon dominates is the fact they're conditioned so well they play four quarters yeah. successfully. Yeah, so. All right, Beach. Next up is Utah State at Washington. Um, golly dang, Billy, I can't remember who I picked on this one. I think I picked Utah State. Um, you and I both took Did Utah I? State. Kyle, I hate you, Kyle, took Washington. Now, fresh Washington freshman quarterback Jake Browning rebounded from his inter- interception mistake early in the game to throw two of his three touchdown passes in the third quarter as Washington pulled away for a 31-17 win over Utah State on Saturday. Now, only three games into his college career, Browning is already putting new marks in Washington's record book. He threw for 368 yards, the most ever by a Washington freshman, and the 11th most in school history. So that's pretty impressive. Wow. Yeah. So Kyle. Yeah. Kyle. I feel. I feel stupid. I feel absolutely stupid for taking Utah Dude. State. So Kyle. Kyle. Yeah, I'm so stupid. <laughs> okay, Chris Farley. All right. Next up, beats was Colorado at Colorado State. You remember who you took? Ooh. I'm pretty sure I took the Buffaloes. Actually, all three of us took the Buffaloes. 
Now, Tedrick Thompson blocked Wyatt Bryant's 27-yard field goal attempt in overtime, and Diego Gonzalez atoned for a miss at the end of regulation by hitting a 32-yarder, powering the Buffaloes past the Rams 27-24 in the Rocky Mountain Showdown. Now, the Buffaloes... Who- that is that, that that sounds like a freaking awesome it was, game. It wasn't bad. Now the Buffaloes who snapped a 9-game skid with a win over UMass last week have their first winning streak of 2 games since 2013. They trailed 14 to nothing early but capitalized on several Rams mistakes and took a 24 to 17 lead midway through the fourth quarter on Kenneth Ologbodi's pick 6. Now a substitute had to be sent in. Okay. So I, I got it now I'm sorry, I was going to tell you this here. So, okay, after the pick six, that's what uh, set him up. Now, Beach, I don't know if you heard about this. I actually didn't know about this until Kyle alerted me to it not long ago. So we all pucked that one right. So we all got we all got uh, the points there. But uh, okay, so Beach, I don't know if you know this, but do you know who Colorado State's mascot is? No. Okay, the other Colorado State Rams. They have a Ram okay. mascot. Now, a substitute had to be sent in for Colorado State's mascot Saturday after Cam the Ram died shortly before the team's big day. Colorado State President Tony Frank said Cam, the 24th mascot in school history, died before the Rocky Mountain Showdown against the Colorado Buffaloes. The Rambulant Sheep was six years old. As CSU officials do not know how he died. Now, the Fort Collins, Colorado reports that a successor, Cam number 25, took the field for the Rams' 27-24 loss to the Buffaloes. Now, Cam was a regular at campus events. At Hughes Stadium, he would run from one side of the end zone to the other in celebration of a Rams touchdown. Now, he had lived with a Fort Collins family on a farm that also has horses, chickens, and other animals. So, Kyle thinks it might be a conspiracy there for the... Ram mascot to die just prior to kickoff. <laughs> What's the average life of a ram? Do we I, know? I don't know. Here, let me, let me. Yeah, I was going to Google that real quick. Can I do that real? Quick? Okay. Okay. So, yeah, that would suck. Right I before just, your it's, game it's, against your in-state rival, I, your mascot I, dies. I, I picture like. Um, the horse in in um, oh when he gets the horse gets scared from the in gunshot from in Animal House yeah okay um, it talks about Rams versus Fords <laughs> that's what I'm getting what is the average life of a Ram well the average life of a of a Dodge Ram is about eight years and about 125,000 miles. <laughs> Oh, golly. Um, let's see here. Hold on. I think I might have found something here. Ram lifespan. Uh, ooh. 12 to 10 years. Okay. Yeah, it says here that a lot of people have rams and they're five years old and still yeah. living. But uh, oh, am I still looking at uh, – I'm still looking at ram traps, I think. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Beach, let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. Okay, so we all got the point there. Next up, Beach was Cal at Texas. Ooh, I took Texas on this yes, one. Yes, you did, Beach, and that was not a good thing. Now, Texas stormed back from a 21-point deficit 
on Saturday, but missed a game-tying extra point to give Cal the 45-44 win. Now, Cal quarterback Jared, don't call me Jack Goff, passed for 268 yards and three TDs. Now, Kalfani Muhammad ran for 164 yards for Cal, including a 74-yard touchdown. So, Beach, so close. Point there. Uh, Kyle and I both did. But yes, you. Uh, Texas came. I, I Texas tried. came flying back. It was amazing. It looked like they might tie the sucker up and go to OT, and the guy just whiffed the extra point. Just pushed it hard right. It was crazy. It was just. Hmm. It was funny because the, the, you know? the Texas sideline was going nuts, thinking they just tied it up and we're going to go to OT, and then they missed the PAT. Wow, and, and not even a field goal, just the PAT, mm-hmm. like the give-me point of any football yeah. game. Well, you know, in the NFL, they threw wow. the uh, PAT back. So if you go for two, you get the ball at the, uh, like, two-and-a-half, three-yard line, and if you go to kick it, uh-huh. they move it back quite a ways. Is that a new rule, new this, rule just this year? New rule, and they've already missed more PATs this year in the first two weeks than all of last season. Not that they want people missing. Wow, just for moving it back yes. just a little bit. Because now it makes it basically a field goal. And it's not that they want people to miss it, but they want it to make make it more than just an automatic play. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, believe it or not, I'm going to bring this around in my cheaters and okay, whores. Cool. cool, cool, cool. Yeah. Be great. About, about, missing, about missing things. Nice. All right, Beach. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting cheaters and whores today, cool. but I don't, not, well, we'll get to that soon enough. Cool. Let's get back to the next game, Billy. Where right, are we Beach, at? Next up was Stanford at number six, USC. You know, I, sh- you know, you're the one all season long been saying Stanford's overrated. Stanford's I overrated. Stanford so I listen- issues. I, I listen to your propaganda. I listen to your BS. I follow along. It's like the hook digs into the thing and it just kind of pulls me along. <laughs> and now look where I'm at. I'm a loser. Because you, like Kyle and I, both took USC. Now, in Stanford's pregame meeting, Coach David Shaw asked every player who has played in two Pac-12 championship games to stand. Nearly half the room arose. Shaw said, our guys are used to playing in big games. We need to act like it. Now, quarterback Kevin Hogan passed for 279 yards and two TDs, and Raymond Wright rushed for three more scores as Stanford opened Pac-12 play with a 41-31 victory over number 6 Southern California on Saturday night. Running back Christian McCaffrey rushed for 115 yards for the Cardinal, who scored just six points in their stunning season-opening loss at Northwestern. They looked more like their usual powerhouse selves Saturday during a 474-yard offensive performance at the Coliseum, where they've won four times in their last five trips. Okay, if I can make a comment to the coaching staff of USC, they need to get the narcotics and blow out of the coach's office. And then if that doesn't work, out next thing comes the whores. Yes. No more hookers. None. Uh. Cutting them out. They're a distraction to the team. (laughs) But actually, Stanford looked good. But, you know, if you watch that, the, the total yardage wasn't that much different. And USC did that with, I mean, I think uh, US, uh, Stanford had the ball for 20 more minutes than USC. Wow. Yeah, USC did not have the ball on, but still put up a boatload of yards. So the other hmm. thing you got to remember about USC Beach is, one, they hadn't really played anybody all season. And mm-hmm. two, they start a, they play a ton of true freshmen, like 10. 
because the the scholarship limitations are just finally falling off. So you mm-hmm. know they're young. So it was interesting to see what happened. You know when when the breaks started going against them, and they had a hard time on Saturday. So yeah, you know, and here they were supposed to. They were picked to uh, easily dominate the, the uh, South, the Pac-12 South. Oh, they yeah. still can. Yeah, I mean you, Stanford's coming from the north, but still. I know. All right, Beach. So we all lost out on that one. Next up, Beach was Wyoming at Washington State. I think I took Wyoming on this Actually, one. Actually, all three of us did. And Washington State quarterback Luke Falk threw for 303 yards and two TDs and ran for another for Washington State, which had not won a game in Pullman since beating Portland State on September 13, 2014. The Cougars had not defeated an FBS opponent at home since beating Utah in 2013. Now, Wyoming led 14-7 after the first quarter, but Wazoo held them scoreless the rest of the way to win 31-14. Well, that's a disappointment. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I Just because I hate Leach. Yeah, I know. I just I, the, the more they lose, the quicker he'll be terminated. Yeah, of course, you know, the longer he's there, the crappier they'll be, so... Yeah, the better the, the better the bees look anyway, in the north. So none of us got a point on that one, Beach. We we can always say, well, at least we're not with the wazoo. That's exactly right. So Beach, none of us got a point on there. Okay. Next up was number nineteen BYU at number ten UCLA. Oh, I want to say that I took Ukla on this one, but this one I can't remember because I think I was pretty actually pretty close both between. you and Kyle took BYU. Okay, I couldn't remember because I think I was marginal on which way I was going to lean. I took how did I do? Billy? I took UCLA. How did UCLA freshman quarterback Josh Chosen Rosen finally looked like a freshman and threw three interceptions in a shaky first half, prompting coach Jim Mora and offensive coordinator Noel Mazzoni to lean on running back Paul Perkins, the Pac-12's leading rusher from last season. The often overlooked redshirt junior responded with a career high in rushing yards and attempt, finishing with 26 carries. He rushed for 219 yards in the score, and UCLA rallied to beat number 19 BYU 24-23. to a lot of close games. There was. Week. There were some really good games to watch. So UCLA stays perfect. BYU takes their first loss, and I get the point. And I feel like Beej is losing on the points here. Like my, my domination for the first couple you, weeks is just not going to You were up 18 to, of 24 to Kyle and my 16 of 24. Yeah, right now I you're not I'm doing down, too well. Down. No, I'm They're sucking ass. a pretty bad week, actually. There's a big ass. I'd be sucking it right now. All right, Beach. Next up was number twenty-one Utah at Fresno State. Um, I took Utah on this. Actually, one. Actually, all three of us did. Now, Devonte Booker and Utah's defense and special teams made sure the twenty-first ranked Utes didn't miss injured starting quarterback Travis Wilton in their first road game of the season. Booker ran for one hundred and fifty-six yards and two TDs, and Utah had two scores on special teams and one on defense in a forty-five to twenty-four victory over Fresno on Saturday night. Good. Hate Fresno State. So all of us took a win there. All right, Beach, next up was Northern Arizona at Arizona. I bet we all took the Wildcats on this yes, one. Yes, we did, Beach. 
Arizona quarterback Anu Solomon completed 25 of 35 passes for 285 yards and four touchdowns in a little more than a half of play. And Arizona set team marks for points and total yards in a 77-13 route of the outmatched FCS school. Now, the Wildcats broke their their record for points set in a 74 to nothing win 94 years ago over the school that is now known as UTEP. Arizona's 792 yards eclipsed the mark of 787 set against UNLV last season. Now their 499 yards rushing broke the school record of 492 set against Eastern Michigan in 1988. And Arizona tied the team mark of 11 TDs in the game, also set in that 1921 win over UTEP. The Wildcats' 35 second quarter points were one shy of the most in a quarter in school history. So yes, it was pretty much a rout. Wow. Yeah, it was just ugly. It was just ugly. Well, I'm... Not quite as bad <laughs> as the uh, Beavers' 77-7 to win over Nichols State a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. And that one, the Beavs scored on every drive they had. Um, but it was, it was still pretty bad. Arizona just kicked the crap out of them. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully they made a couple of bucks for getting the crap beat out of them. I'm sure they did. All right, Beach, last up was San Jose State at Oregon State. And as always, we all took the beeves. That is correct, Beach. Um, trailing by a touchdown heading into the second half, Oregon State's Storm Bars Woods said the, said the beeves turned to one of the team's youngest players for inspiration. True freshman quarterback Seth Collins is quickly gaining that type of pull with the Beavers. Collins ran for two touchdowns and passed for another and ran for 114 yards Saturday night to lead Oregon State to a 35-21 win over San Jose State. Now Collins threw a 31-yard touchdown pass to Jordan Villeman midway through the third quarter to tie the game at 21. Then put the Beavers ahead for good two minutes later with a four-yard touchdown run. Barswood said, quote, this young man demands greatness. It's the look in his eyes, the tone of his voice, we're ready to go. That's our leader. That's our captain. That's what's changed. He got us going. Wow. I see him making plays, and I had to make plays. Now, Oregon State's offense clicked against the Spartans, particularly on the ground. The Beavers had 438 yards, including 303 yards rushing. Defensively, the Beavers held San Jose State to 253 yards. OSU had two second-half interceptions, one uh, that one included uh, Caleb Salu returning 41 yards for a TD late in the third quarter to give the Beavers a 35-21 lead. You know, Storm is looking really good this yes, year. Yes, he is. I mean, I don't know if it's the fact that the line has given him bigger holes or if he's being coached better on how to uh, juke out the uh, defense. But between the combination of both of those, he just seems to be making putting some he's, yards up. He's really his vision is really good, and he's knowing when to when to change speeds, when to just put his shoulder down and go through somebody. He's he, he did a beautiful job stopping and yeah, turning. Yeah, was that one screen yeah. pass that he t- or that one screen pass he yeah. for a touchdown was beautiful. Because yeah, oh my god, I'm like he just he just stopped, stopped and started, moved. Yeah, and and the defense uh, he couldn't adjust as quick as he could move no, around. I agree, him. I agree. I thought I thought he looked awesome. great. I thought he looked great. I hope, it, hope it continues. Yeah, no, I do too. All right, beach. So anyway. Well, we all scored a point all on that one. scored a point on that one. So, after three weeks, we've had a total of 35 Pac-12 games that we've picked, Beach. Okay. This week, you went 6 of 11. Kyle went 
8 of 11, and mm-hmm. I went 8 of 11. So after so three our- weeks, you are 24 of 35, mm-hmm. Kyle is 24 of 35, mm-hmm. and I am 24 of 35. Wow, I just blew my I lead. Blew your lead. Sucks, man. Like a cheap whore, you suck. You choke on the big one. <sighs> wow. Uh, anyways, so that's where we're at right now. Well, I I want to win this one this time I'm sure too. Sure you do. I'm sure you do. Yeah. Need a. Need to help fund my barn so we got a place to store the trailer <laughs> at the end go. of the year. There you go. <laughs> All right, Beads, let's look at the Pac-12 and the polls. The new polls came out on Sunday. And right now in the AP poll, UCLA has moved up to number nine. Oregon okay. is sitting at 13. Arizona State is at 16. No, okay. excuse me. Arizona is at 16. Utah is at 18, USC at 19, Stanford at 21, and Cal and Arizona State are in the others receiving votes category. Now, in the USA Today coaches poll, UCLA is at 11, Oregon at 13, Arizona 16, Utah 17, USC 18, Stanford 24, and Arizona State and Cal are in the others receiving votes category. Why do we care about the USA Today poll? It's just another poll that it puts out. That's the one that the coaches actually vote for. Okay. That's USA Today coaches poll. It's not used for setting the uh, playoffs, but it's just interesting to see how the coaches vote for the top. Who they view the best teams yeah, out there exactly. Are. And a lot of times cool. it's probably, you know, some kind of graduate assistant making the votes, but still, it's members of the team. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Beach. It's now time okay. for one of our favorite segments of the week, the Tommy Tuberville. What's he think I look like? A jackass? You sure do. <laughs> jackass of the Week Award. Every week we like to discuss a person in college football who exemplifies the truly worst in sportsmanship, leadership, or just being a fan. Now, Beach, this week I was going to give it to one, but now I think I'm going to give it to both. It's two coaches seem to be having a little issue. With each other. With each yes, other? Yes. Ooh. So this week, Texas Tech played Arkansas. And uh, Texas Tech's quarter uh, uh, coach, his name's Cliff Kingsbury. He's not very old. Early 30s, I believe. And at uh, Arkansas, it's Brett Bielema, who used to coach at Wisconsin before he went down to uh, Arkansas. Now, Cliff mm-hmm. Kingsbury didn't hold back after his Texas Tech Red Raiders beat Arkansas on Saturday night. Irked by comments Brett Bielema made during a summer convention in front of Texas high school coaches, Kingsbury sounded off on the Razorbacks' coach, saying his counterpart, quote, just got his ass kicked. He went on to say that Bielema, quote, stood up and said, if you don't throw to the fullback, we'll kick your ass. And if you throw it 70 times a game, we'll kick your ass. Kingsbury said, following Texas Tech's 35-24 to win, referring to Bielema's comments at the convention, he went on to say, quote, Bielema, quote, just got his ass kicked twice in a row and probably next week by A&M as well, referring to that uh, Arkansas had lost two weeks in a row, uh, last week to Toledo and this week to Texas Tech, and then he figures they're going to get beat by Texas A&M next week. Mm-hmm. Kingsbury said that 
did feel good. Now, Kingsbury is the son of a Texas high school football coach. He's also a dedicated proponent of the spread offense, which he says is run by 90% of Texas high schools, along with the up-tempo and high-flying Red Raiders. Bielema, meanwhile, has been a proponent of slowing down the pace of the games. He has primarily targeted the type of offense Texas Tech runs, citing a study earlier this year that players in the no-huddle hurry-up offense play the equivalent of five more games than those that don't, which leads to an increase in injuries. Now, Kingsbury's belief in the spread prompted him to make it clear he had a point to prove in Texas Tech's win Saturday night, one that also avenged a 49-28 drubbing last season at the hands of the power-based Razorbacks. Now, Kingsbury said, quote, to walk in there and say those things, it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. Kingsbury also didn't shake Bielema's hand after the game. Mm. Kingsbury also said he's a prideful guy and he says what's on his mind, but it just hasn't worked out for him. Arkansas is now 0-9 under Bielema in games decided by fewer than 10 points. It fell to 1-2 the season, including a shocking 16-12 loss to Toledo a week ago. Bielema said on Saturday night, Unfortunately, we lost to a good football team. We're going to get better. We're going to get better this week, and A&M is our next opportunity. Now, Beej, Bielema in his weekly press conference addressed it more, kind of spewing a little bit more at Kingsbury, saying, You know, that score was an ass-kicking, he goes, then what was last year's? Meaning that uh, last year, Arkansas beat Texas Tech 49-28, to whereas mm. Texas Tech only won 35-24. to So, gotcha. yeah, and, and to me, this is just unseemly. It's just stupid. Come on, children, mm-hmm. grow up. Yeah. You know? It's like... <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where, you know, coach your team, deal with your team. Don't worry about the other stuff. Yeah, just look, yeah it just looks stupid. You just look like a couple of petulant little children. Huh? Yeah, no, I totally agree. I just, I don't get it yeah. anymore. You know, yeah, at some point in your life, you're supposed to grow up and be the bigger man. And these guys are still playing like they're in, not even high school. It looks like they're playing in elementary like I'm school. I'm dealing with my nine-year-old. Yeah, exactly. But he said this, well, he was but he first. Did, I don't care. Yeah. Just stop it. Yeah. Yeah, be the bigger man, shake the hand, say, you know what, we'll get better next time. You don't need to talk about getting asses kicked. Correct. So, you know, you say it comes across to you more humble when we say we got beat by a better yep. team. So, to head coaches Cliff Kingsbury of the Texas Tech Red Raiders and Brett Bielema of the Arkansas Razorbacks, this Tommy Tuberville Jackass of the Week Award. Is for you. Enjoy it in good health, you idiots. <laughs> All right, Beach. So, next up is the Guns N' Roses musical interlude. I was thinking about this, okay. Billy. And so I kind of forecasted what this one was going to be because I talked about this song last yes. week. So I think I'm going to kind of forecast. We'll see if, uh, you know, we'll see if anybody listens and and we should give a prize. I don't know what kind of prize we can give. Uh, we can mail them a, a, a limited edition uh, Heinrich Tailgater sticker. Yeah, there you go. Okay, if they can guess, the song we're going to play next week, and, and it's okay if it's okay with you, Billy, is referenced on the inside cover of the Appetite for Destruction album. Okay, do you know right. what, I you know, know what exactly about, what song you're talking about. Yeah. Don't you think that would be a good song for next week? Oh, I think it would be great. 
Yeah, it's a great song. So if you want to email or call, or or I don't know if you can Twitter respond, at Heiner Tailgater, mm-hmm. but uh, let us know what next week's song is going to be, and how about the first five and actually, people? Actually, they they've done it, this with a number of their albums, where they, mm-hmm. they reference a song from the next album on the inside of the current one. Yeah. So anyway, uh, if you can tell us what our next week's song is going to be before we play it, uh, we'll, the, the top five people we will mail uh, Heiner Tailgater stickers to. How's that That sound? sounds good, Beach. All but, right. Uh, well, we'll need to get their addresses well, I know that, and but stuff. Beach, we haven't talked about this what? yet. You're not going to be here next week. Oh, that freaking sucks. Yeah. I, I won't. When will you be back? Uh, <laughs> I will be back. Oh, golly. <laughs> The, 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 I think I I think I come back in on the twelfth. I'm gone for two weeks. Yeah. A little, little over two. I weeks. know, so I don't know if I'll be doing the show solo, or maybe we'll get. But Billy, you do you do you do, you do solo so well. I know. Um, <laughs> or maybe we'll get Kyle to stand in for you. Okay. But one thing you're going to have to do, Beach, is put in your What's picks that? before I- you go. Who I am. Well, you know, I'll be able to be – I can do some Wi-Fi and I can do some tweeting. And I downloaded Skype into my tablet, but we'd have to do it at really odd You'd hours. You'd be up in the middle of the night. I don't – well, what the hell is right now, dude? Well, no, because how? what's the difference? Like, uh, It's a nine-hour nine difference. Okay, so if I'm doing this at 9 o'clock at night, you're going to be up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Dude, I probably will be up at 4 o'clock in the morning. Well, just think about it. Get me your picks anyway. Okay, we'll do. Okay. But anyways, hopefully the hotels have Wi-Fi. And yeah. I'll just have to say okay. uh, hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> All righty. So what are we what are we I up to? Beach. Uh well, this oh, week, we to the yeah, song. this week's Let's Guns N' Roses <laughs> musical interlude, which I think Beach is a uh, one I was going to play anyway because this song was written about San Francisco. They wrote the lyrics to the song after playing in San Francisco. They came up with the with the with the 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 riff for it and everything, and they kind of wrote it. Although the lyrics were different when they were singing them in the van as they drove home from their first paying gig in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. But uh, the other thing I was thinking we could do is they did a cover of the song "Down on the Farm." Oh yeah, which would be good since they're playing Stanford and they call Stanford the farm. However, they're not playing at Stanford. And yeah, there's a lot of true. curse words in that song. Yeah, yeah. Well, they didn't even write it. It's a, yeah, like you said, it is there's, a cover. But uh, so, I actually like that song. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm kind of a fan of the Spaghetti Incident. That's, that's a not great a bad album. album. It's very underrated. But Beach, we're yeah. going to go with the song that was written after their first pain gig, which was in San Francisco, and the song is Paradise City.
All right, Beach, there we go with Paradise City. I love that song. Dude, it always gets my nipples hard. (laughs) Nice. That was the song that made me a Guns N' Roses fan. You know, and I don't think it truly could ever be overplayed. It's phenomenal. It's just a great freaking song. So, anyways. Alrighty. What are we up to, Billy? It's time to look at week number four in the Pac-12. Okay. And uh, you'll have to be making your picks here. So, I I have the email from up from Kyle. He says, uh, last week, pure podcast gold. Really? I didn't think last week was that great, but okay. We'll take your word for it, Kyle, even though we still hate you. Yeah, totally. All right, Beach. We're going to look at first up, the first game of the week on Friday, September 25th, number 21 Stanford at Oregon State. Who do you have? You know, I'm going to try to do a Kyle this week and make it all tie in together. Mm-hmm. And because the Oregon State works heavily on uh, GMOs, I think our GMOs are going to lead totally ravage Stanford's farm. There you go. Now, I thought that was Kyle good. said Beavers make less mistakes and pull out a late win. Okay. And I too will take Oregon State. <laughs> All right. I just they have to just uh, be tough between the tackles when they're on defense. And uh, I just want to see some consistent on offense. You know, I would have liked to have seen last year, Beach, because people were all asking me, what did you think of the, the Weber State game? The one thing that bothered me was how Oregon State finished, or really didn't in that case. Um, I just thought they they could have, you know, they really had their foot on Weber State's throat towards the end of that third quarter. And several mm-hmm. times they could have just stomped their throat and just gone for the juggler and finished it. And they just never did. They didn't have that killer instinct. And I mm-hmm. want to see them develop that. That's something you've got to develop to, to yeah. put a team down when you have the chance. Mm-hmm. Anyways, all right, Beach. Next up, uh, all the rest of the games are on Saturday, September 26th. Next up is Nickel State at Colorado. Who do you have? I, I think Colorado is going to keep this streak alive. I think they're going to go for three in a row, huh? I think they're going to – I think I don't know if they're going to be able to make it four, but I think they're going to have a three-game three, three game streak here. There you here. go. Now, Kyle says, Colorado steamrolls the Cajuns. I guarantee. I, too, will take uh, Colorado. I think they will have a three-game win streak, which is pretty impressive since they've been down for so long. Yeah. So, all right. Okay. Oh, and we have a lot fewer games because uh, we're – Everybody's playing each other finally. a lot of – yeah. A lot of uh, games playing or teams playing each other. Um, now, yeah, see, I mean, you only have one. You only have one non-conference well, game. Well, remember, week. Colorado actually gets a fourth non-conference game because they played at Hawaii. Oh, so okay. They have a non-conference game, which means I believe they do not have a bye week this year. Wow! But with thirteen games, that also means they have to win seven to get a bowl game. So that kind of hurts. It can them. it? Can but we'll wait and see. Okay, Beach. Next up, um, Cal at Washington. Um, I think Cal's just going to devastate Washington. Okay, Kyle says the Golden Bears catch some golden passes, get the golden win, and hit the golden showers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, I picture that whole Friends episode where Joey had to pee on uh, – didn't Joey pee on Monica when she yeah, got stung, stung by a – Yeah, it's a good old golden shower. 
All right, I too am taking Cal, <laughs> although I'll leave out the golden shower. So, all right. I, I just well, you know, when you're drinking beer through your eye hole, what the hell's gonna go. happen? I wonder if he'll be up there. <laughs> I wonder if he'll be up. But uh, yeah, I just Washington. I don't know. We'll wait and see. I'm just really impressed with Cal this year. It's really mm-hmm. turned. Yeah. Up so. well, next beat. Yeah, I think I think I think they have a good chance of taking the Pac-12 North. Yeah, I do too. Um, up next, Beach. Well, we're, now we're really going to start to see because they really haven't played anyone. Texas wasn't bad, and they damn near mm-hmm. it. So mm-hmm. we'll see what happens as things go along. Um, now, now, now comes the the true test when they start playing some of these uh, um, conference games. All right, Beach. Totally. Next up is we got two games that feature ranked opponents. First up is number nine UCLA at number sixteen Arizona. I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking UCLA is going to be able to take out Arizona. Okay, B just taking UCLA. Kyle says, "Bear down and win. Arizona wins." Wow. Well, it is. It is at Arizona. I too am going to take Arizona. I think it's going to be a tough game, wow. though. I think it's going to be a tough. This will. This is going to put one of us, either two of us in the two of you in the lead, or me in the lead. All right, Beach. Uh, next up is another two ranked teams playing. Number eighteen Utah at number thirteen Oregon. Mm. I'm going to take Utah. If it was at Utah, I'd feel much more comfortable with my decision, but. I think Oregon's got failure ahead. Utah's defense is pretty good, but I don't know if it's enough to stop Oregon at this point. How's their offense? It remains to be seen without Wilson back there. Although the quarterback that has been there has started several games. so mm-hmm. I'm going to have to go with Oregon. This is calling hedging my bet. Oregon wins, okay. I get a point. Utah wins, and I'm happier than a pig in poop. Yeah, that's so, true. I'm going to go with Oregon. All right, Beach. Who, who, how about Kyle? He's taking Oregon. He says oh, okay. uh, Oregon pulls out a win, but Utah makes it close. All right, Beach. And last up is number 19 USC at Arizona State. Hmm. You know what? At this point, what the hell? I'm going for Arizona State. Kyle says, tough loss for USC carries over. Arizona State wins. Uh, I think same thing. I, th- I think that playing at Arizona State, the fact that they lost a game they thought they owned, mm-hmm. um, I think it's going to take them at least one game to recover. Yeah, and I think I, I think I'm too going to take Arizona State. I think they're going to have issues because they have such a long, young team. And we're mm-hmm. really going to see that they don't respond well to adversity at this point. Yeah. No. Totally agree. So, All right, Beach. Got those picks made. Now, if you aren't going to be here next week, you better send me an email. Tell me what you're taking. Okay. Send me an email. I'll be checking my email nightly, which will be daily for okay. you. So. All righty, so. Beach. All right. So let's look now at the Stanford uh, Heinrich Tailgater preview. We've already talked about Stanford in uh, – previous shows a couple seasons back mm-hmm. but uh, Stanford will be here now for our for our tailgater um, 
whenever we play the Bay Area School, be it Stanford or Cal, we always bring in some of the Evergood sausages, which are made right down there, basically almost at the base of the uh, Bay Bridge. Yeah, because you've been to the yes, factory, yes, right? Yes, I went there last year. Picked up a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. So, uh, we will be having our annual Sausage Fest. Love Sausage yeah. Fest. Sausage Fest 2015. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, and so, we will have the – I think we have the pineapple, the gar- – Always always a fan favorite. Which is the one that started this whole thing. Exactly. The garlic and the Louisiana hot links. Okay. And I still wish we could get the cheddar ones. Have we not been able to find the cheddar? We make those in the summer. God dang, sons of bitches. I know, I know. I love myself some cheese in my dog. I'll try it too. Well, and and just on top of that, Beach, we will have um, several different um, toppings, including uh, grilled onions and peppers. We will have uh, nacho cheese sauce. I'll have some just raw onion. All sorts of mustards. We'll even have some crappy ketchup for those people that have no taste in their mouth. Um, pickles, jalapenos, all that kind of good stuff. Sweet. So, yep. So we'll have all that. And, Beach, uh, since we're playing Stanford, I figure we'll also do some garlic fries. I love it. So that means I'm doing some work You today, will be doing some work on, yeah. on Friday. So we'll be doing garlic fries, and I'll bring some really good olive oil and fresh garlic for those suckers. And also a little bit of... Uh, uh, shredded Parmesan cheese because I like some Parmesan cheese in my garlic fries. No, I can see that. Yeah. And we'll have the assorted um, deep fried goodness. I don't know if I'll make a cocktail this week, but we might since the game is at 7 o'clock. That mother pucker smelled amazing. It basically tasted like a Jolly Rancher, a green apple Jolly Rancher. It was mm. pretty tasty. Maybe we should do like a, a, a cherry Jolly Rancher oh, this we week. Could. Just said it tasted sticky. Tasted yeah, sticky? It like Sticky Jolly Rancher. Oh, okay. But it was okay. good. It was really good. It's really easy, too. That's yeah. nice. I like it when they're easy. Anything else you think we should bring out for the tailgater this week, Beach? Um, dude, it's a freaking after-evening Friday night game. It's always such a pain in the ass. Um, I can't think of so anything. So I will plan on being out there by 11. I'll try to be down there at the same time. Okay. Um, and... Uh, um, um, we'll get set up and ready to go by noon. Uh, we'll have food going probably by like two, I'm thinking. Okay. Um, now the okay. one thing, I don't know if we're going to bring out the TV. Um, I've got to see if there's any games earlier than that. Okay. So I've got okay. to tell you, I've got the TV on right in front of me and the drive premieres tomorrow with Oregon State at seven o'clock. Cool. So that'll be, that'll be. Wednesday night for or Tuesday night for those people listening. No, correct? no, Wednesday. Sorry, I'm thinking it's Tuesday. Oh, Wednesday night. It's okay. Wednesday night okay. at seven o'clock. So it premieres Wednesday night. At All seven. right. So cool. All right. All right, Beach. So let's move on to the tailgating 101 section, which isn't always about tailgating. Tonight, I thought we'd do a top seven list because I like those. And uh, okay. you know, everybody knows that Oregon gave the world basically Nike, right? Yep, that's their big, big claim to fame is, is Nike. Yeah. yeah. So they 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 were the how they were they are what created the the company that steals most people's money. There you go, sweatshops and child labor. So exactly. <laughs> I actually wear Nikes. I can't say that much. I don't. I don't have a problem with Nike other than All I right. hate that they've 
Well, I hate that their founder has turned. Anyways, we don't need to go there. But Beach, the communist, yeah, pretty much. So Beach, today we're going to top talk. I'm going to list the top seven things that I think we need to thank Oregon State University for. Right. Okay. Now a lot of people. Well, we'll, we'll just go into it. We'll go into it. So number seven, Beach, and our top seven things that we need to thank Oregon State University for. OSU entomologist George Pointer Jr.'s pioneering amber paleontology research inspired the late author Michael Crichton to write Jurassic Park. Wow. So the idea for Jurassic Park actually came from an a, uh, entomologist at Oregon State. Was there a mosquito inside the amber yes. paleontology research? Yes. That's, wow. what he, that's what he looked at, yeah. And it came from the kids. Cool. Yeah, it's something you probably didn't know. Something most people probably didn't know. Had no there clue. My mind blown just right there. <laughs> right there. Well, if that one yeah. blows your mind, this one really will. Number six, Beach, on the top seven things that we need to thank Oregon State for. Bernard Malamond, winner of the Pulitzer Prize for his nineteen sixty-six novel The Fixer, was a longtime English professor at OSU. You would probably know him, Beach, because he wrote the natural while living in Corvallis. Do, do, do you hear that, Billy? I, I hear the theme song in the background. Can you hear oh, yeah. that? We've played it before. I right know. Now. We should play. Yeah. How awesome Isn't is that? that? Awesome? It's one of the best best scores of, of any movie. Right up there with Star Wars, Back to the Future, Indiana Jones. Um, wasn't done by, um, by John Williams, but still amazing hey. score. Hey. Anyways. So there you go, Beach. Huh. And a, and a great movie all the Although same. Although the book and the movie end completely differently. Yeah, really? Yeah, the movie strikes out. I mean, the book he strikes out. How sad is that? <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's like that's like reading The Little Mermaid, you know, and she freaking dies turns and turns foam. into a pile of yeah. foam. Yeah. yeah. What the hell is wrong with these authors? Do they not know that we're supposed to leave on a high note? I mean, it's like, you know, if all books ended like Empire Strikes Back, it would, life would suck. Pretty much, huh? <laughs> All right, Beach. So on to the number five on our top seven list of things we need to thank Oregon State for. The late Douglas Engelbart's pioneering work led to the computer mouse, hypertext, and graphical user interface. He earned his bachelor's degree at OSU in 1948. Wow. The computer mouse is because of a guy that graduated from OSU. Okay. Did he name it the mouse? I don't know if he did, but his work is what led to it. Okay, I have no idea what hypertext is. You use it all the time. You just don't know. All right, Beach. Okay. Uh, on to number four of our top seven things we need to thank uh, Oregon State University for. Linus Pauling is considered one of the world's greatest scientists, educators, and peace activists. He won two solo Nobel Prizes, one for chemistry in 1954 and one for peace in 1962. Now, he, while he was an undergraduate at Oregon State, he also taught undergraduate chemistry courses at the school. And his uh, all his work from his uh, lifetime, all his papers and stuff, uh, is mm-hmm. at the uh, Oregon State Library. Okay. So, one of the greatest minds you... at, uh, of the world's ever known came from Oregon State. Wow. Hmm. What, uh, what did he do to get the Peace Award, he do you know? Talked against the bomb that I think he kind of had a help in creating. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Which, which hmm. the, the nuclear bomb is a horrible weapon. It, it's horrible, mm-hmm. but at this point, it's kind of necessary. 
Yeah, to deter people from uh, using it. But, of course, when you give it to the hands of terrorists, uh, they just don't really care. No. But that's okay. We signed an accord, so they, you know nothing bad could possibly right, happen. Let's not get into politics right now. Let's look at the number three thing on the top seven list of things we need to thank Oregon State for. Number three, Beach, the Mar. This this one this one I did know. This one the is maraschino cherry. Now the process to brine and flavor maraschino cherries was developed and perfected at Oregon State in the 1930s by Ernest H. Wiegand, a professor of horticulture at OSU. And actually, Wiegand Hall is where the food uh, science, the College of Food Science, is located to this day. And so they awesome. had maraschino cherries before that, but he, he, he developed a process that standardized the brining and flavoring of the cherries. Hmm. So, so you know what? You couldn't have a cocktail if it wasn't for Oregon State. God bless him. All right, Beach. Number two on our top Seven list of the things that we need to thank Oregon State for. And actually, these might be four things in here. And this is one that's near and dear to your heart, I assume. Two Oregon State students have been Playboy Playmate of the Year. Jody Ann Patterson in 2000 and Sarah Jean Underwood in 2007. I had no idea Sarah Jean Underwood graduated from Oregon State. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if she graduated, but she attended Oregon State. Well, that's all that matters. Yeah. So, wow. yeah, she used to come. She okay. came through the line at our Woodstocks. Really? Did was she cute oh, back yeah, then? Did you? Did you oh, yeah. Did you see? Did you see her before or after her? Goose. Wow. Did you see her before or after she hit the big before. time? Well, yeah. okay. Gibby was always talking to her. Oh. Yeah, Mateus always has his way with the ladies. I've never seen the, the the man is just like a babe magnet. Yep. All right, Beach. And number one on the list of the top seven things we need to thank Oregon State University for, and I don't know if you know this one, George Bruns and Pinto Kolvig. Okay. You know who these people are? George Bruns rings a bell. I've never heard of the name Pinto Kulvig that I can recall. Bruns was a composer and musician who worked on many Disney films, including Johnny hmm. Tremaine, Sleeping Beauty, 101 Dalmatians, The Absent-Minded Professor, and Son of Flubber, The Sword in the Stone, The Jungle Book, The Love Bug, and Herbie Rides Again, The Aristocats, and Robin Hood, among many others. Wow. He did, Quite he did the, a lot of music for the uh, TV show and everything else, too. Wow, impressive! He's a studio composer. Now, you know, I think I've seen his name uh, when they, you know, when it features the credits. Especially I think on the TV I've show. I've seen his name. Music by George Bruns. Freaking solar flares! I know. I don't know what happened there. Anyways, we're back up and recording, so we'll just continue with this. So yeah, Beach, you'd see George Bruns's name a lot on the anthology TV show, The Wonderful World of Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I can always remember seeing it uh, against the backdrop of the castle. Exactly. The show music, was ending. Yeah. Music by George Bruns. Now, yep. Pinto Kolvig, Beach, probably isn't a name as familiar to you. Now, Pinto Kolvig was actually the original Bozo the Clown. Not not the one from Chicago. Not the one from Chicago, but the one who actually originated Bozo the Clown. Hmm. Now, Kolvig was kind of a little bit of a wandering soul he did a little bit of this did a little bit of that he was in the circus you know he was all over the place but for mm -hmm. a time he was also an animator who worked at disney in the 30s wow he was also the original voice of goofy he was the voice of practical pig in the three little pigs mm -hmm. 
He was also the voice of Sleepy and Grumpy. Wow, he goes in, back quite a ways. Yeah, in the uh, in Snow White, and was also the original Barks for Pluto. Hmm. And Colvig was also the second known voice of Oswald the Lucky Rabbit. Wow, that goes way back. Yeah, so he did that for quite a ways, and then he did uh, eventually leave Disney after a while. But he was an animator and did a bunch of stuff there. Huh? So that's kind of cool. Two people that were really um, essential in the development of Disney over the years came so from what, the what, state. So what you're saying is the those two people had an influence on a lot of young people throughout the nation, mm-hmm. and two young ladies had a huge influence on a lot of young men around the nation. Mm-hmm. And wow. probably the sale of KY jelly. But that's something yeah. completely different anyways, Beach. <laughs> that, that, that an Oregon State chemist did not invent. Exactly. What I'd like to say is that but should have. two members of two people that are tied to Oregon State helped mm-hmm. give the world something through the Disney company, uh-huh. whereas Oregon just takes something from the Disney company with the use of the duck. There you go. There you go. <laughs> All right, Beach, so that is our top seven list of things that we need to thank Oregon State for. What do you think? Yeah, you know, you, you I, I think of Sarah Jean Underwood and I think of my own member is all I can think of. So anyway, moving on. Anyways, Beach. <laughs> all right, Beach, do you have anything else to add after that great comment? Uh, I got nothing, Billy. I'm spent. Yeah, I bet you are. <laughs> all right. I want to thank everyone for listening to show number 62 of Illegal Participation. If you'd like to comment, send a suggestion, or ask a question, there are a few ways to get in touch with us. HeinrichTailgator at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at HeinrichTailgator. Also, check us out on Facebook. Remember, you can listen and subscribe to us on iTunes. Please leave a rating and review. Remember, you can also listen to us on your Android or iPhone device with the Stitcher Radio app. Beach, thanks for being here. Billy, thanks for having me. Always love to uh, spend my Monday nights with you. Right on. And it's great the Beavs are two in one. That's a fantastic start. We are we are on our way to Pasadena in December. I you know what? We're 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 thirty three percent of the way to a bowl game berth. And that's all what right. I really want to see first of all. Let's get a bowl game. Let's let's secure a bowl game. Okay. It'd be I'd nice like it would be nice to leave the month of September at three and one. It would feel really good about things. Alright, Beach, so next week show number sixty three. We don't know if you'll be here, so you have to figure that out soon. Okay. We'll talk a little more Beaver news. We'll recap week four. We'll preview week five. And it is a bye week. So that's one good thing. Okay. So I'll just have something I'll need to come up with to prattle on. All right. All right. Well, Beach, um, we'll see you at the game on Friday night. And okay. uh, since uh, no one else will talk to you, hopefully you have a good uh, little trip over to Europe. All right. Thanks, Billy. All right. So let's just end this with a great big Go Beavs. Go Beavs.